Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show 011. Tonight, I welcome my friend Michelle Staley. She owned a haunted antique shop we investigated as Show Me Ghost West several years ago. We're going to talk about her ghosts, haunted antiques, some impressive EVPs, and all kinds of other weirdness. It's candid with some adult language, so be advised. And now, on to the show. Hi. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing okay. I've got my ups and my downs just like everybody else right now. Yeah, I tell you, it's just a weird time. Yes. It's just weird. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about your antique store and uh, haunted antiques and the investigation that we came and did for you, some of the activity that you had around the shop, that type of thing. Uh, would you I like... things in my home. Oh, wow. And, yeah, because when we closed, I just had stuff thrown in boxes. My mom had just died. And I was thrown in a box. I'll take care of it later. Well... When I go down to the basement to start dealing with it, it gets really weird. Start opening boxes, so... Let's start back um, when we first met, because you had your shop over in Lenexa. Mm -hmm. I just did a show with Christine that is going to air the 22nd of July, and we were just talking about you and all the EVPs and the activity and all that good stuff. But let's back up and um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your shop and what you do and all that good stuff. I have aunt that were antique dealers, so I kind of started about age five being exposed to it. And it just went and went. It was kind of part-time. And then... I eventually decided I wanted a shop. And it was kind of bizarre when I was little, I had these horrible air infections. And you know how kids can run the amazingly high temp. Right. I would dream about this house. And the building that I ended up moving into, the first time I went in it, this was the house that I had dreamed about as a child. I knew where everything was. I knew where the pink bathroom was. And it was just so strange. And I told my mom, I said, I've got to have this place. I've just got to have it. So when we started looking for a place to open the shop, we were driving by, because I only live not even a quarter of a mile from there. And I said, if they would just put that place up for rent, problem solved. The next day, I went on Craigslist. There it was. I jumped in my car. I signed a contract, gave away every penny I had. And that was that. So I was to move in August 15th of 2008. I didn't have any display units whatsoever. And those found me. I got a call from somebody I hadn't talked to in years, and she said, there's some store display units sitting on 95th Street across from the library. So the guy wanted 100 bucks for all of them. 
So I started there. Then one night I got a call about 10.30 at night. The guy said, I heard you're opening an antique store and need home display units. I said, I do. And who gave me my number? And he couldn't say who gave me the number. And so I bought those units. And he even came in about six months later and he said, I, I don't know how I got your phone number. So all these things just found me and they were exactly what I needed. And I took that as a really awesome sign. After everything got moved up there on the 15th of August, 2008, of course I stayed and I had a, a work table that I was working from, nails, hammer, glue, stain, whatever I needed. I would go to get the hammer, the hammer would be gone. I thought, okay. So you go on this big hunt, come back, change of plans, then there's the hammer. Okay, well, I'm getting tired, and that's, that's what this is all about. I'm just getting really tired, but I kept on. This went on all night, and the next day, and the next day, and I would hear voices. And once again, you write it off to being tired. What kind of pushed me over the edge was I was sitting at my desk and I was facing the stairway and this black, solid black blob dashed up the stairs. Just solid black, you couldn't see anything through it. And I just put my sandwich down, went out the back door, and came home. I didn't know how to process what I had just seen. Did it have a um, face or any recognizable features? Not a thing. It was just this solid, black as black blob. Wow. And it just, it went so fast. And at first I thought, I need to go up there. And I thought, no, I don't need to be up there with whatever that was. I had to go back the next day. I mean, you know, my lights were on, sandwich sitting on the counter. And so I kind of walked through the shop and just started having this conversation. I would hear some knocks and some noises. Okay, well, it's an old building. It's settling. Um, throughout this, they were doing construction on the road in front of the building and Santa Fe, which ran beside it. So there, there was no vehicle traffic in the evenings. There was very little pedestrian traffic. I would see these lights and these shadows in the evening and thought that was odd, but you know, once again, I'm tired. Um, I did keep the front door open during the day when I was there so people could come in. And this young woman and her mom came in, and this girl was right past me, ran up the stairs, opened this closet door that my granddaughter had already told me that's where they keep the bad kids there was a door to a crawl space. And this young lady is just tugging on this door. We've got to get the children out. We have to get the children out. And all I'm thinking is, oh my God, the black blob is in there. 
scratched on the back mm-hmm. was incredible yeah. Chris Chris and I were just talking about that that's part of the show that uh, will air on the 22nd that was crazy because it, um, one of my consigners had brought um, a pendulum clock in 
and it didn't have any batteries in it, and it was laying on that feigning couch that I was sitting on. While we were all talking, I could hear that clock ticking. I thought, well, that's really odd. There's no batteries. It's laying down. It was about that time that I felt the stinging and burning on my back. And I honestly thought a wasp had gotten up under my shirt because we kind of had a wasp problem in one of the rooms upstairs. When y'all were going to the EVPs, this female voice told me to get off her bed. Yeah, it sounded like it was a nurse. You okay? Yeah, it sounded like it was a nurse. You okay? After our investigation, Michelle had another group come in. She told them about getting scratched on the Chase Lounge along with the EVP recorded at the same time. A young lady in the group decided to taunt the spirit by sitting on the same furniture and threatening to spill her drink. A dark cloud appeared around her, followed her through the shop, and out to her car where she remained for the rest of the night. And, I mean, that thing hurt and burned for probably a week. Oh my god, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, and the scratches got worse, and I find it interesting that on all these shows, they'll say, well, um, if you get three scratches, it's a sign of a demon. Well, if you look at your hand, if you scratch yourself, you're scratching with three fingers. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, I mean, it, it drives me nuts. I mean, you scratch your leg, you got three fingers gone. And that lady had no ill intent. She tried using the clock to get my attention. I just didn't know the point. So she reached out and she got my attention. Yes, she did. And I don't know if I ever told y'all because I went out back just to get some air. And I was sitting back there on the the little deck and it was fairly late at night. All across that back part, I could see these black figures running back and forth. I don't know how many there were, but they were really tall, slender, black figures. I didn't have my phone. I didn't have any way to take a picture of this. And I was afraid to move because I was afraid they'd stop. They were just black as black, just tall and slender, just darting around that whole back area between those businesses. Wow. And I didn't get out and walk around to the front to see if there was by chance anybody walking the street at that time of night. But even if there had been, this was behind the shop. So their shadow wouldn't have cast through the building onto the back. So, yeah, that was was really strange. Or one of the stranger things. I mean, there was so much stuff that went on there. And we did find out, I did a lot of research on the building and found out that the first doctor in Lenexa, he and his wife, lived on one floor and then a mailman for the railroad lived on the top floor 
the doctor had his office in the basement. Once this was published, and people from all over started coming to me who had lived in the building, um, would tell me their stories. And one gentleman had actually had his tongue taken out by the doctor. So I took him down to the basement. He showed me where the operating room had been, the waiting room, the exam room, and nothing had changed in the setup of that area down there. Other than a little kitchen was added. Um, but the stories that came out when it fi- I finally let it go public were just phenomenal. I kept a journal of everything. When you hear these ghost hunters talk about different things that can escalate activity, one of them is limestone. Well, the basement was limestone. We had a spring running beside the building, a fresh spring that was still coming through, and you could we finally got it open. They tried to cap off the well, but you could see a pipe that used to go into the kitchen. There was the cistern behind the building, which also had a spring running through it. Then we had the railroad tracks, just, you know, what, 100 yards away, if even that. Very right. busy railroad tracks. Yes, they were. We were. So 
I don't know why. I don't know if everybody can feel that. And they just think, okay, we're not going to put anybody in there. Um, but yeah, so I then you add the history of the building and all of the antiques that I was bringing in. And it was like the perfect storm to create a haunted environment. And everybody, I found out, um, even to this day, has stuff going on up there. And so it, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Just the variety of things that would happen. I was just listening to um, some evidence that was sent to me from the shop. Um, that group you know, kind of fell apart and they were sending all their stuff out to the people who wanted it. And during their investigation, we kept hearing this strange noise from the kitchen. And finally, one of the investigators went in there, but he didn't take a camera. And I had a hand-cranked meat slicer. That blade was just spinning like crazy. And that still gives me shivers to this day to think <laughs> Yikes! I finally removed it from the shop because it was kind of dangerous. I had it in like a, a beer flat. Mm -hmm. And the minute I got it out of that shop, the base of it just fell apart. <gasps> oh, wow. And so I thought, okay, that that strange and I still have it somewhere um I've got so much stuff everywhere but um I do want to pull it out and glue it back together and just see if anything would happen take it down to the basement where all this old inventory stole stored from the shop mm -hmm. and see if anything would happen and well, then break it again if it does right <laughs> Well, you have to get footage first, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take my, my camera and get it. <laughs> Here are some EVPs Michelle shared with me from another investigative group. I have more that we'll get into next week when we continue Michelle's story. That's my show for this week. Special thanks to my wonderful boyfriend and my amazing family for getting this project off the ground and indulging me down this crazy rabbit hole. Next week, we'll go into part two where I talk again with Michelle Staley about her haunted antique shop and her experiences with haunted antiques. Don't miss it. Thanks for listening and keep it surreal.